You're listening to the Hollyview Podcast, a message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather each Sunday morning at 1030 as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. And now, here's this week's message on the Hollyview Podcast. So this morning, one of our best outreach things I think we can do as a church is what Jesus talked about uh, in the Gospels. He said, they'll they'll know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Uh, So love for each other here in the church, how we treat each other with, with grace and uh, dignity and uh, truth to each other, but not only just at Hollyview, but we have lots of local churches in this area that are all proclaiming the gospel and our relationship to them. Uh, we're, we're part of the same church. Uh, we are one little expression of a much larger uh, church. Um, so it is, it's great having Kyle and Ann Lewis uh, here this morning. Uh, Kyle's going to bring our message. He's from Damascus Community Church. Uh, but Kyle, actually, uh, I knew Kyle when before we both had gray hair, I think, uh, <laughs> uh, back in, well, that was a long time ago. Um, I really uh, appreciate Kyle, and I really appreciate Damascus Community Church. Uh, the pastors over there, Steve and Andy, have been a huge encouragement and support to me uh, as I've transitioned over here to Hollyview. They pray for us all the time. Uh, they're always lending, oh, we can help with this, or how can we... Uh, be praying for you. What do you need? Uh, we partnered together in caring for Deep uh, Creek School um, and a couple different things. Uh, so I just really appreciate the partnership with them. And you may not know, Kyle's the worship leader over at Damascus Community, uh, and he is a very talented worship leader. But now I'm excited to hear you preach. Yes, thank you. Uh, so with that, I just want to start by saying thank you, worship band, for leading us in worship. I love, I love good music, and this was some good music, so thank you, Caleb, for your leadership with them. Um, and I especially loved the, uh, the reggae groove on that last song. That really got me going. I love that. Well, it is, uh, it is good to be here with you guys, and it's good to see some new faces out there. And it's good to see some old faces. As Joel said, uh, we were at Good Shepherd a long time ago. In fact, my wife started... And I started there in 1988, and I came on staff in 1999, which is where I think I first met Amy, who was the secretary to the uh, outreach minister there, um, Barry Arnold. And uh, in 2003, we answered the call to go to the mission field in France. So we were there for four years, working with Greater Europe Mission. And it was that first summer there that I got a call from Barry Arnold saying, and he confided in me, that he was going to actually branch off of Good Shepherd to start his own church. So in the four years that we were in France, Barry had left Good Shepherd, started the Cornerstone Church, and then built up enough leadership to start the Gresham Bible Church. So when we moved back in 2007, I started working with the Gresham Bible Church, and eventually with both churches, Cornerstone and uh, Gresham Bible, and then my wife, Anne, who's here, uh, was teaching first grade at Good Shepherd. And uh, so we were there uh, working for four years, and then in 2011, I got hired full-time at Damascus Community Church, which I've been for the the last 10 years. And this may be news to some of you, but I am retiring this year. And I I know what you're thinking. He's so young. (laughs) 
I get that every time I play piano at the retirement home. They say, but you're so young. I know. It's like, I am. But I, I am retiring. And as uh, we've been talking about this, my wife and I, you know, it's kind of like this, this exciting thing. Because it was kind of like this, this someday talk of, oh, well, one day when you retire, oh, then you can, you can do all this music stuff. And we can travel. And it kind of floated up here in this nebulous, romantic zone of, oh, one day, one day, one day. Well, we decided that it was time to share with the pastors my intent to retire. And then I shared it with the elders at our elder retreat back in January at our elder retreat. And then in March, we shared it with the church body <clears throat> that I was going to be retiring. And even at the time in March when I told them that I was going to be retiring and transitioning, we called it transition because I'm really transitioning out of vocational ministry into a more independent ministry. I'm going to be teaching from home, teaching piano lessons, and then working on some training videos on YouTube, and then being freed up to travel uh, to France, to Germany, and some other places that we have connections with churches. And so even then, we didn't really have an idea of, of when that was going to be. So it still kind of stayed up in here in the, in the someday, someday mode. Well, as I talked to, to Pastor Andy, and you may have seen Andy in some of the videos that we've shared back and forth uh, from Damascus. He is the soon-to-be lead pastor at Damascus. Uh, he said, well, let's put a date on this. How about uh, December 31st? It's like, oh, we're going to put a date on this. Oh, okay. And then it kind of was no longer this someday, someday mode. It was like, oh, now it's going to really happen. And then as we talked further about it, he said, you know, December might not be a good time to transition a new person in. In fact, once we post the job, it may go pretty quick. So how about we say August of this year? It's like, <laughs> August? As in June, July, August, August. Man, that's really coming up. <clears throat> so as I shared with Anne, I said, man, we're, we're putting a date on this now. And it's just like, wow, you know, and we're thinking, is she ready to, to take on some of the financial responsibility of me retiring? Am I ready to transition into my independent ministry role? Is the church ready for me to kind of hand off that baton? So it left this romantic nebulous zone of someday, someday into a, now it's getting real. It's, it's, it's coming. The eminence now is palpable and it's, it's coming and it's coming soon. And the reason I mention that is that in our text this morning, Jesus is now with his disciples, and all of this talk of someday, someday that he's going to be going is now, I'm not going to be with you much longer. And so that's going to be our talk, and as Joel was saying, our, our unity with one another as believers by demonstrating to the world that we're disciples of Christ by our love for one another. So that's going to be our text this morning. I want to I pray before we get started just to make sure that, you know, what I'm saying stays in the context of the Bible and not just, you know, my personal thoughts. And I want just God to speak through me. And, you know, I've made some notes, I've prepared, but if there's some things that God doesn't want me to say, I pray that that would be evident. And if there's some things that he does want me to say that maybe I haven't prepared to say, that he would uh, allow me to, to do that. So let's pray as we get started. <clears throat> Father, I do pray that you would speak through me, and every time I do get an opportunity to preach, I just want to take that heavy responsibility that we are to preach your word, and we are to uh, look at your word and how it's supposed to guide our lives. And so as believers, Lord, I pray that you would help us to see what it is to, to love one another, 
and the fact that that love is going to be a demonstration to the world that we are your followers. So help us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to take a little drink here. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John 13. That's going to be our text this morning. I think it'll be up here as well. I'm going to be reading from the NIV. And it's just really a few short verses, just like three verses. But there's a lot in these verses and a lot for us to unpack and a lot for us to assimilate and to apply. So let me just read this and then we'll unpack it here. Starting at verse 33, it says, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So we're going to just start to unpack this verse by verse. The first part, Jesus says, I'm only going to be with you a little while longer. Now, this wasn't a new thought. Earlier in John 12, he says, now my soul is troubled. Should I say to the Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this purpose that I came. When I am lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. The light is among you for a little while longer. And then we read way back in Mark 8 where he says, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. So this thought of Jesus going away wasn't a new thought. He had said this before. But now he's emphasizing the eminence, that it's, it's getting real and it's coming, and it's coming soon. So just some context for this verse. Jesus had spent just a few years with his disciples And now he's shared a final meal with them. And now Judas has gone to do what he is going to do and to do it quickly. And as they're leaving, Jesus says these words, my children, I will be with you only a little while longer. So it's getting real. We can almost lengthen that sentence to say, my children, I will be with you only a little while longer, dot, dot, dot. So listen up. People who teach public speaking say that your audience will remember best the thing that you said first and the thing that you said last. And these are some of the last things that Jesus is telling his disciples because he's only going to be with them a little while longer. So listen up. As I was preparing this, I was, I was thinking about like a father who watches his son grow up from diapers to walking to kindergarten and junior high, high school, on into college, and maybe talking and dreaming with his wife about one day when his son gets married. Won't it be wonderful when our son gets married and and then we have grandkids? Won't that be wonderful? And then, you know, the son comes home from college with her, the one, and then eventually announces that they're getting married. It's like, oh, now they're getting married. Now Now it's kind of getting real. And as that wedding day approaches and the father has just a few days left with the son, Maybe they're out shooting hoops, or maybe they're going for a drive or having breakfast, and the father's thinking, man, if I, if I have just a, one opportunity to, to share with my son just some, some last little pearls of wisdom, what would it be? Well, whatever it would be, it would be probably pretty important. And so Jesus is saying, I'm only going to be with you a little while longer. These are some important things. But then he says this. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. 
Just like going away wasn't new. This idea of loving other people wasn't new. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. But now he's making it specific. He's saying you as Christians, you as disciples, love one another. Really? That's your new command? Love one another? But we're like family. Exactly. <laughs> in a 2018 article in Psychology Today, Dr. Abigail Brenner says that family members are often the hardest to deal with because they're connected to us in a more complicated, intimate way. Wouldn't you agree with that, that sometimes it's family that's a little bit harder to get along with? And, and who are we more critical of? Other children or our own children? Other adults or our spouse? Other people or family? And let's face it, they ain't no dysfunction like family dysfunction. <laughs> So Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. He reiterates that in John 15. He says, love one another. And then in John 17, as he's praying to the Father for his disciples because he will remain, they will remain in the world as he departs, he says to the Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Translation, that they may love one another. Jesus knows that we're family. He didn't need to read an article in Psychology Today to know that. Colossians 1 says that he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in heaven and on earth. All things have been created by him and for him. He knows. He knows us, and he knows that his family, we're going to have a hard time sometimes getting along. Now, it's not enough to say, well, if you want to love each other as Christians, that's great. But if not, eh, don't worry about it. Proverbs 6 says that one of the things that are an abomination to the Lord are people who stir up conflict in the community. And the ESV states it as this, one who sows discord among the brothers, i.e., not loving one another. And then look what happened in the book of Numbers to people like Korah and Miriam when there was disunity. A lack of love for one another. The ground opened up and swallowed Korah and his people, Miriam, leprous. Unity is important to God. And so, so I ask you, how are you doing with that? How are you doing with loving one another? Maybe it, it comes pretty easy for you, but maybe sometimes as family, there's a little bit of discord there. I don't know about you, but for me personally, I haven't seen more infighting and division amongst Christians than I have in this last year and a half. Thank you, COVID. And some of the people in, in our church, and, and as pastors, sometimes we get you know, more of an insight than, than other people, but you know, some people like that I would view as some of the pillars of, of our church are now fighting and, and, and disagreeing about, you know, masks and social distancing and, and people who have said, well, you know, as long as you're requiring us to register and wear masks, then we're not coming back. And thank goodness, you know, some of those restrictions are being lifted now. But those people that said, you know, uh, it's not that I can't breathe. I just, I just don't want to wear a mask. In fact, some people have said, you know, there's a church down the road. They don't require us to wear a mask. I, 
think we'll, we'll check them out. Like, really? After all that we've weathered together, all the battles that we fought side by side, now masks, that's the dividing line? Jesus finishes his thought with this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, notice what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say, everyone out there will know you're my disciples if you show them love. He doesn't say, everyone will know you're my disciples if you feed the hungry or clothe the naked or visit those people in prison. Everyone will know you're my disciples if you stand up for the rights of those people and, and these people. Yes, in his time on earth, Jesus did say those things. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus did say, yes, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit those people in prison. But here in the last moments, in the I'm going away moments, the, the listen up moments with his disciples, he says, everyone will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. I don't know why, but I, I kind of thought of this, this job interview. You know, you're looking at a job, and there's, there's company A over here, company B over here. And you go for an interview over here at company A, and they have these wonderful cupcakes from Gresham and some great roasted coffee. And they greet you with the widest smile. And they're so glad that you're here, maybe a part of their company. But as you walk through the building, you see two people over here gossiping about someone else over here. You walk a little further, and there's a couple of other people here fighting in the cubicle. And you walk a little further, and there's angry copier guy kicking the copier and yelling at the secretary because it's not working like it should. Well, the cupcakes were great. The coffee was delicious. But man, I don't know if I want to work in that place. And you go over here to Company B, and well, they don't have cupcakes. All they have are just some stale donuts and the coffee. Eh. Not much to be desired, especially for our Northwest palate, right? <laughs> but you walk through the building, and, and people are getting along. People are working with each other. People are encouraging one another. There's employee of the month, and you're thinking, man, donuts and coffee may not be that great, but this is a place that I could work. See, how the employees treat each other is a reflection on the company. And how we as Christians treat each other is a reflection on our company, who is Jesus. Jesus said, we are commanded to love one another as a witness to those around us. Now, the outside world may not always come into our church to see some of this discord. They may not even come into our homes to see some of the, the fighting and the bickering amongst Christians. But one place that they may go and see this, and this is just my opinion, you can disagree with me, but one place that they could go is, is Facebook. And as good as Facebook is, I, I love Facebook. I've been connected with people from high school. I'm connected with relatives, some that I haven't seen in decades, some that I've never even met. But now, because they're connected with this family member, I get to connect with them on Facebook and see pictures. As good as Facebook is for connecting us socially, it can be equally divisive and damaging. For some, you know, Facebook can be this virtual gladiator arena where we pull out the swords of our opinions and we just start hacking each other. And no one's really listening. We, some people, we don't go on Facebook to listen. We just go to express our opinions. 
And nobody really wins. There's no victors. We just walk away bloody, worn out, angry. And then we go back for more. We're like non-victorious, sadomasochistic gladiators in the arena of Facebook. And we keep going back. And it's not just Christians against non-Christians. I see that. I see Christians fighting against non-Christians. I see Democrats fighting with Republicans and on all those people. But I see Christians fighting with one another, and especially over you know, social distancing or masks or vac vaccinations. And what's interesting is that, you know, as Christians, you know, we come to church, we go to Bible study, we read our Bibles, and we pray, Lord, help me be more like Jesus. But then when we go on Facebook, we ignore verses like 1 Corinthians 1 that says, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. How often do we see that on Facebook? Romans 12 and 1 Thessalonians 5, that says, live in peace with everyone. And 1 Peter 3, 8, that says, be like-minded. Not to mention the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So, I want to leave you with a challenge. Maybe some of you aren't on Facebook, and that's, that's fine. Maybe for some of you, Facebook is just a great way to connect with people, and that's great too. And maybe you know, Facebook isn't our issue. Maybe it's just our conversations with other Christians. Maybe it's with family members that we, we disagree with. Can I leave you with something? If, if you have a piece of paper, if you haven't been taking notes, that's great. I usually don't take notes in church. I'm not a big note taker. But if you have your little note paper, would you write this down? James 3, 13 through 18. And this is good for all of us. You know, whether we're on Facebook, whether we're having conversations with, with friends or family, this is a good verse to keep in mind. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy, and selfish ambition in your hearts? Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. He calls it demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Man, these are some good words to live by, whether you're on Facebook or what. So before you have your next post on Facebook, or maybe before you have your next conversation with a family member or a friend or another believer, ask yourself these questions. Will this post or this conversation promote peace or stir up animosity? 
I have a friend that I got connected with on Facebook. We were an old friend from, from college, and it was a Christian college. And I just kind of assumed this guy's a Christian. He got involved in ministry after college. But everything that he posts is just so, so angry and anti-this, anti-that. And, and if he hasn't heard some animosity in a while, he says, well, it's been kind of quiet on the Western Front, so let's throw this out. He'll throw out something controversial just to stir things up. Are we here to promote peace or are we here to stir up animosity? Is this post or is this conversation exercising godly wisdom or earthly wisdom? James distinguishes that. He said, you know, earthly wisdom is, is unspiritual. It's demonic. But godly wisdom is peace-loving. It's pure, considerate, all these things. So does this post or this conversation, does it demonstrate humility? Does it demonstrate mercy, good fruit, sincerity? Or does it promote evil and selfish ambition? It's one thing to be evil, but it's another thing just to be selfish. Does this post or this conversation demonstrate to the world that I'm a disciple and a follower of Jesus? Because that's kind of what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about love and unity with one another as a demonstration to the world out there that we are followers of Jesus. Joel had mentioned that Hollyview has a connection with the Damascus Church and some other churches here. But it's been so good to see that connection. Joel has come out to our uh, some of our monthly prayer meetings, and you've seen some of our videos, and Damascus has seen some of the videos that you've made around Christmas time and other times, and it's good to see that, that unity. And hopefully that is a demonstration to some of the people in this community that we are followers of Jesus. These were some of Jesus' last words. So let's listen up. Would you pray with me? Father God, we want to be followers of Jesus. And those, those are easy words to say. <clears throat> it's easy to, to come to church or go to a Bible study or, or spend a few minutes in your word in the morning. But then as we get on into life, sometimes we forget these words that we're supposed to live in peace with one another. We forget the words that, that we're supposed to have godly wisdom, which is pure, peace-loving, sincere, submissive, humble. Would you help us in all aspects of our life, not just, not just Facebook, not just with our conversations with, with everyone, but help us in every aspect of our life to exhibit these things. Because if we truly are praying to be more like Jesus, we need to, to manifest that in our lives. These can't just be words that we pray in the morning and then forget the minute we get up and, and go about our day, go to work, go to school, visit with family. Help us, Lord, to be more like Jesus. Help us to exhibit to the world out there that we are followers of you by our love for one another. We pray this in your son's precious name. Amen. You've been listening to the Hollyview Podcast. Please join us for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212 between Boring and Damascus, Oregon, or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Thank you for listening to the Hollyview Podcast.